This episode is sponsored by State Farm. You a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Well, look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers. They're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Can you fly this plane and land it? Surely you can't be serious. I am serious. And don't call me Shirley. Live from Joe's mom's basement, it's The Stacking Benjamin Show. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Duggan. Are you feeling burnt out? Today, we'll cure what ails you and give you the tools to regain your serenity with internal medicine doctor and engineer, Dr. Neha Sangwan. In our headlines, the Wall Street Journal says it's time to put more money in cash. We'll have thoughts. Plus, I'll share some, hmm, uh, how do I put this, uh, truly incredible trivia. That's how I'll put it. And now, two guys who've got the most gas on this show, it's Joe and O-J-J-J-J-G. Serenity now! It depends, Doug, on how much ice cream I've had. Completely <laughs> depends. Lactose intolerant you are? <laughs> Maybe slightly. Talks about it hey, every everybody. week. <laughs> Welcome to the Pull My Finger podcast. <laughs> I'm Joe Salci. Hi. Average Joe Money on Twitter, and happy Wednesday to all of you, and happy Wednesday also to the man sitting across the card table from me today, Mr. OG is here with Doug Just a continuation from the end of Monday into today? Oh boy, oh yes, yes. Hopefully not as painful as that was for all parties involved. We've got a great show today, uh, as Doug so eloquently said. We're going to solve your burnout problem today, OG. Fixed it. I know how. Just going to do it. Fix it today. But you go through these, uh, I go through these patterns where sometimes I'm like, oh man, I just don't want to do, frankly, anything. And then other times when I'm all excited. I've been talking about this interview that's coming up today to my friends for the past two weeks. When I read this book and heard Dr. Niha on other interviews, it was absolutely fantastic. So we got that OG. We also have a great headline. But before that, I think you and I need to talk about, um, are you doing fantasy football? No. I do. Yeah. Me neither. Well, let's talk to Doug about his uh, lineup for this week. Hold on. This episode is sponsored by State Farm. You a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Well, look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers. They're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. And then, you know, I was thinking about sitting uh, golf, but now I'm not so sure. I'm not so sure if I should sit golf or not. I don't think you can. Hold on. I got a better idea. Okay. Well, you know, what I think about Navy Federal, I think about the veterans that have done so much for our country. And I also think about some of our active service members. want to say a special shout out to uh, my nephews, Colin and Nathan, who are both in the Navy. 
Colin is stationed outside Seattle, Washington on a submarine. And my nephew, Nathan, is in South Africa as an air traffic controller. And in Military Appreciation Month, Navy Federal Credit Union wants you also to celebrate members, many of whom go above and beyond. Navy Federal offers member-only exclusive rates, discounts, and tools to empower their members and help them reach their goals. It's all branches of the military, veterans, DOD employees, and their family are eligible for Navy Federal membership. They offer 24-7 help from their U.S.-based member service. Visit NavyFederal.org slash celebrate to see all of their Military Appreciation Month offers and other Navy Federal offers. Navy Federal is insured by NCUA, Equal Housing Lender. And that trade means you're going to win the entire league. Thank God I got that tip here on the show. You're welcome. We got Doug's fantasy football lineup. We're getting you your cure to burnout. So let's get moving. Hello, darlings. And now it's time for your favorite part of the show. Our stacking Benjamin's headlines. Our headline today comes to us from the Wall Street Journal. You're going to love this one, OG. Oyen Edidoyen wrote this. Where to put your cash now for every income level. Okay. This subheadline. Rising rates may mean it's time to put more money in savings accounts, certificates of deposit, and treasury bills, no matter your income. So when interest rates go up, does that mean that no matter how much money you make, that it's time to put more money in savings accounts, CDs, and treasury bills? If your income goes up? I don't... I, don't, I disagree with the premise. <laughs> why, why would it be related to your income? Well, this whole thing that when interest rates go up, everybody's like, ooh, okay, I need to go there. I believe headlines like this... And we do a lot of a lot of headlines in the Wall Street Journal OG that I don't disagree with, but this one, where we're just going to move our money around, kind of chasing whatever the hot thing is today, which happens to be interest rates, not not loving that. Well, I mean, if there's anything that's easy to do, it is easy to move your cash from one place to another. And if you have to move something, if you feel like you got itchy fingers and you need to do something, I guess I guess it's probably best to move. From one bank to another, or one. It'll do less damage potentially. Well, yeah, than than trading your stock portfolio. But don't move your money out of the stock market if it's long term into cash accounts, just because you can get a guaranteed four point five. Yeah. Oh yeah. No. 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 This is optimizing your cash return, not getting a guaranteed return because the market went down for two months. I'm glad you said that because what truly for people that were confused by my consternation with this title. Oh, gee, my consternation is just around the word more. We should move more money, meaning, Uh hey, take it away from these other places and put it in cash instead. And immediately my head went, oh, God, no. Start with your long-term goal. Put the money in things that reach it long-term. Cash will never help you reach your long-term goal. It won't. Well, I mean, cash rates have to be lower than market rates because they're guaranteed. So the more the more guaranteed your outcome is, the less return you're going to get. And the longer it's going to take for that money to double, and the longer that it takes for that money to double or grow, uh, the worse off you are for for a long-term standpoint. Now, if you're looking at using the money in the near term, you've got a, a project in a year from now, you're going to buy a house in six months from now, You know, kids starts college in two years from now. That's a great place for cash. That's perfect. And how lucky are you that interest rates are high enough right now that it actually is meaningful? You know, <laughs> 25, 50 grand sitting in a savings account, you know, if you're earning four or five percent, that's you know, that's some pretty decent golf equipment. You know, that's a vacation. Oh, yeah. You're talking some real cash now, which is really for the first time in 20 years, something that is worth looking at. But if you're looking at your retirement plan and you're saying, Oh, well, in July and August and first part of September here, the market's gone down. I I I I don't like that. I'm gonna take money out of my stock account and put it in cash. You're you're gonna miss out in the long run. I'm glad you brought that up because there is a positive side of this. Uh, I like the place OEM begins this piece. Stop dwelling on what you've lost thanks to rising interest rates and take advantage of the opportunities they present. Rising interest rates, OG, to that point, are a double-edged sword. If you are in debt, rising interest rates are absolutely horrible. But if you're a saver, if you can put yourself on the other side of that equation and now you're the person people want to borrow money from... Now this is a this is a boon for you. Like higher interest rates creates a big big difference between debtors and savers. And a day like today is a day that you want to be on the saving side of the equation. Yeah, if you can help it, absolutely. I mean, 
it doesn't matter what the interest rate is. You don't want to have consumer debt anyway. You know, people people say, well, you know, I got this at zero percent or something. It's it's such a slippery slope. You're, you're trying to time out the interest payments or trying to time out the actual payments so you don't have to pay interest. It's such a hard thing to do right all the time. Eventually, you're going to mess it up by missing a day or missing a month or something bad's going to happen, and all of your lifetime of zero percent are going to go away. But if now you've got consumer debt, the interest rates are destroying you. If you've got consumer debt and cash, you're a fool if you have cash. You need to pay off all of your consumer debt right now. And it is interesting because the Wall Street Journal goes through you know, what your different situation is. And level one is if you've got nothing to spare, Oyen writes, living paycheck to paycheck is now the norm for most Americans. Financial advisors urge those holding large amounts of debt to first pay down high interest balances. About half of people carrying credit card debt allow those balances to roll over in the next month, according to a recent bank rate survey. Credit card interest rates are at record highs, making that debt even more expensive to maintain. Putting money in a savings account with a 4.5% rate will help little if you haven't paid down your visa balance that has a current average rate of 22.16. Exactly. OG, I think what you're referring to. I mean, if you think about it, a 22% interest rate and the average credit card balance in America right now is I don't know, $7,000, $8,000, something like that. 22% of that, say 20% of 8,000, 1600 bucks a year. That $8,000 in your savings account, if you get 5%, you're getting 400. So you're upside down $1,200 a year by having money in your savings account. They say if you're living paycheck to paycheck, that you should have some money that's in an emergency fund Rob Williams, though, at uh, Managing Director of Financial Planning and Wealth Management at Charles Schwab, said, try not to keep more than one month's worth of expenses sitting in a checking account. Research shows money sitting in a checking account is more likely to be spent than money in a savings account. Move your emergency fund over to a savings, get a little bit higher rate. Level two for people with zero to $1,000. For those who can sock away at least a little bit every month, even putting $25 in a high-yield account can make a difference says Mitchell, if you contribute $25 a month to a savings account earning 4.5%, you'll have roughly $300 in a year, including interest. What's funny is what I like Wait about that. Did he just say, did he just say <laughs> yes. $25 yes. a month for the, for 12 months? And I'm glad you, you roughly that. have 300. Yes, you have 300. That's the 25 times 12. And then the interest is a whopping other $8 or whatever it is. Right. What I love about that statement, though, OG, think about that, is that people with no money in savings, it doesn't matter if you evaluate the difference between 0.1 and 4.5%. You still are going to have roughly just do the work to get more money saved so that this 4.5% actually makes a difference. Yeah, no, that's a good observation. It's, you know, we get get wrapped up in these, in, in all of these decisions to optimize things. And meanwhile, we're not saving enough money to begin with. And then level three, if you've got $1,000 plus that, that you can save, once you're comfortable with your emergency savings, you can set aside money for holiday gifts, vacations, other short-term goals, like a down payment on a car. I frankly would put the extra money though. Don't put the extra money in cash. Put enough to get your emergency savings going and let's make sure those long-term goals are good. The thing I don't like about this piece is we're focusing on the short-term, not the long-term, which by the way, that's level four investing for, for the long-term they put after all of these, after all these goals. Yep. I think we wait too long to do that. I'll, I'll link to this and our show notes at stackybedjamins.com. I will also make sure that, uh, Kevin dives more into strategies toward your long-term goals and cash strategies in our newsletter, the 201 tomorrow. Today's show is the 101. Tomorrow, we give you the 201 with a bunch of curated links to take you to the experts who have even more to say on this, help you get your cash reserves where they should be. Stackofedgements.com slash 201 for our free newsletter that comes out twice a week. Coming up next, uh, Dr. Niha Sanguin is uh, just a force of nature. She is not only a medical doctor, but she is also an engineer. She's got all the above going. Even more than that, she addresses the root causes of stress, miscommunication, and interpersonal conflict, and she can help people heal chronic conditions like headaches, insomnia, anxiety, depression, and burnout by going to the root cause. Her uh, TEDx talks have been some of the biggest on the TED stage, and we've got her here coming to the basement. She's, but before that, wait, wait, she's a, she's a medical doctor and an engineer. And an engineer. Does she, <laughs> does she like found orphanages and launch rockets too when she's bored? I know. I got to ask her about that when she, when she comes down. Jeez. 
Uh, clearly, Sounds lazy clearly knows her me. stuff. I know, right? What does she do in her spare time? Oh, uh, and I publish books. Well, and the sad news is, Doug, and I'll definitely ask her about this. I know doing my research, she knows about burnout because of all that, because she did so much stuff that she experienced this huge burnout. This is a personal crusade of hers now for that very reason. But I know, Doug, a personal crusade of yours is getting us some good trivia. So bring it, man. Absolutely. It is. And for those of you who haven't been listening for the last 1400 episodes, I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug. You know, lately, Joe's been telling me I seem a little burned out. You know, I think he's just jealous of my work ethic. I run like a well-oiled machine. Look, I get a solid three to five hours of sleep a night. I start my day with six cups of coffee and a couple more in the afternoon. I go to the doctor a couple times a week. And what was that other thing I was, there's something else I... Yeah, I don't know. Anyway, it'll come to me later. Anyway, I saw someone do a really cool burnout in a Chevette in our cul-de-sac the other day. Man, you should have seen the smoke. Oh, hold on. Wait, it was a Chevette. So was that from the tires or the engine? Well, either way, I bet that guy really impressed Joe's mom. Kind of reminded me of this one time I saw a car go up in flames. It was the craziest thing. One minute, there was like a tiny little fire. The next, the whole car was engulfed. It was like a scene out of the Fast and Furious franchise. Today's trivia question is... Which is more likely to catch on fire, an electric or a gas-powered vehicle? I'll be right back with the answer after I show Joe's mom how I can do burnouts on the riding lawnmower. Well, if you're new to Stacky Benjamins, you may not know that I've tried out a lot of personal finance apps. I like to be a guinea pig and try out all these things so I know what I'm talking about when it comes to uh, what's helpful and what isn't helpful. And uh, the app that I've used the longest has been Monarch Money. And it's because Cheryl and I, my spouse, were able to collaborate together. We can work on our goals together and our budget and our goals are right next to each other on the app. It is clearly the next generation of personal finance apps. So what is it? Monarch is the top rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. You create custom budgets, track progress toward financial goals and collaborate with your partner. And now because you're a stacker, you'll get an extended 30 day free trial. When you go to monarchmoney.com slash Benjamins. I love the fact that we get to collaborate. I love the fact that it's customizable. And I also love that it's this ad free privacy. You can trust. They never sell your data to third parties or show you ads after trying out Monarch myself. I totally get why it's the top rated personal finance app. And right now, because you're a stacker, you're going to get an extended 30-day free trial to try it out like I try out many different apps. And this one was sticky for me because, well, you'll see when you try out the 30-day free trial. Go to monarchmoney.com slash Benjamins. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y.com slash Benjamins for your extended 30-day free trial. And now a word from our sponsors at Betterment. Do you want your money to dream big? Do you want your money to be a total self-starter? Are you annoyed that your money doesn't work hard enough? Well, don't worry. Betterment is here to help. Betterment's the automated investing and savings app that makes your money hustle. Their automated technology is built to help maximize returns, meaning when you invest with Betterment, your money can auto-adjust as you get closer to your goal, rebalance if your portfolio gets too far out of line, and your dividends are automatically reinvested. That can increase the potential for compound returns. In other words... Your money's breaking a sweat while you can be breaking bread. You'll never picture your money in the same way again. Betterment, the automated investing and savings app that makes your money hustle. Visit Betterment.com to get started. Investing involves risk. Performance is not guaranteed. Hey there, stackers. I'm lawnmower stunt driver and car crash scene fanatic, Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug. Cars have been known to catch fire from time to time, and electric vehicles are no exception. In fact, EV batteries burn nearly twice as hot and are harder to extinguish than gas-powered vehicles' batteries. But today's trivia question was, which is more likely to catch fire, an electric or a gas-powered vehicle? The answer gas-powered vehicles. Although EV fires get a lot of press, gas-powered vehicles are nearly 20 times more likely to catch fire in the first place. And now, here to help extinguish your personal burnout, see what I did there, and reconnect, I know, right? And reconnect with your inner peace, it's Dr. Neha Sangwan. 
And I'm super happy we finally have her here at the card table. Dr. Neha is here. How are you? So good. So good to be with you. Well, I'm super happy you're here. And I never realized just all the stages of burnout. And I want to get into that. But first, I was listening to your podcast recently. And I was at first amazed because you have a background, not just as a medical doctor, but before that as an engineer too. But I love when you say, don't be too impressed because that just means that I'm a good uh, Indian daughter. (laughs) Yeah, it's the truth. (laughs) Why do you go back to school to get your MD after you're already an engineer? How did that happen? Well, I think for several reasons. First of all, I was quite a people pleaser growing up. I wanted to make sure every, you know, I got an A, that everybody loved me and, you know, everyone was proud of me. And so in the Indian culture, really from, I don't even know how young I was, everybody was saying, are you going to be an engineer or a doctor? Like those were the only two choices. (laughs) Well, I'll be both. (laughs) Well, then my dad said, I overheard him speaking to a friend saying, well, the second one was a girl too. Like what I wanted was a son that was an engineer that would follow in my footsteps. And I remember being pretty young, not even realizing how much that impacted me, that somehow my father would be disappointed by this thing. And so I thought, well, I'm going to do as much as I can do to right that wrong. And I was pretty good. I was pretty good at math and science. I could pick up patterns and things like that. And then my mom would say, you know, my parents never let me be a surgeon. I wanted to be a doctor. And they said, what kind of wife and mother are you going to be if you are always on call? I thought, okay, everybody can stop. My father will say, no, but she's going to be an engineer. And I said, everybody can stop. They're not mutually exclusive. I'll take care of both of them. And so I did become a mechanical and biomedical engineer. And then I went to work in the 90s for Motorola. And I liked it. I liked it, but I didn't love it. I was missing. Everyone was in their cubicles. I lived for meetings and everybody lived in their head and they lived for going back and working on their CAD program or something. And so when I got into medical school and started medicine, what I got was the problem solving and I got the big thing that was missing, which was the chance to interact with people and really see how solving their problems could help them. But I can still see, though, I can still see the burnout coming like this wave, right? <laughs> I mean, the people pleaser, and now I'm I'm on this second career, and I want to be yeah. great at this, and I'm so so you can see it. I know that this project, though, is not just something that you you spent just a ton of time studying burnout, but it really comes from a personal place. Can you tell us your story of burnout? Well, I was 33 years old. I had finished all that training you talked about, which is not normal for any human being. (laughs) And I never really stopped. I went right into the hospital. One day I walked in at the end of a five-day rotation. I had 18 hospitalized patients. I was holding the pager, which means for the hospital, which means all incoming traumas, transfers, all of that. You're also doing that. And by 11 a.m., I had only gotten through two out of my 18 patients. And I turned to the nurse and I said... Hey, Nina, would you mind giving 40 milliequivalents of IV potassium to the gentleman in 636? And she looked at me and she said, Dr. Sanglin, are you okay? That was like my first clue that I might not be. And I said, yeah, why? And she said, because that's the fourth time you've asked me that same question in under five minutes. And I've answered you every time. Oh, my God. I think what happened in my training and my quest to please the world was that I tuned out of the signals that my body sends me. I didn't know who I was. I didn't know what I wanted, but I sure did know what my parents and grandparents and the Indian community and the wider society thought success looked like. And I was chasing that. And I think because I was so tuned out of myself, that's why I hit the brick wall of burnout. I was also, I was talking to a friend this morning on a run. I run with a gentleman who's a doctor. And I was talking about the fact that you and I were going to be speaking this morning and I said that you also, on top of all those things that you that you mentioned, you also have these people that are relying on you for their health, which must also create this internal stress and internal pressure. Yeah, it's kind of the way that we, uh, listen, I'm going to speak for myself. It was the way that I justified my nobility. People depend on me. So how could I be so ridiculous as to want to sleep? Like people could die here. But really, when you look a little bit bigger, it's it's about the systems that we've created. You know, if, if you have hospitals or medical systems that 
they understaff hospitals or systems as a way of maintaining budget. And then you take people who are noble and really want to help and do good. You almost manufacture crises. And I come in because my thing is saving humans from a heart attack or saving this situation and making it better. I don't really know the difference. I just jump into gear. And so I'm, I'm one of those adrenaline, all or none type people who sometimes isn't really thinking, slowing down enough to think about what I'm doing. I just automatically go into that mode that it must be my job to save this situation. And I think that was a big mistake. Well, and I think that doesn't matter if you're a medical professional, the receptionist at work, like the client, the client relies on me, like no matter who it is, we want to be good at what we do. So we put that pressure. In fact, you have, you have an analogy of a car that I really like. Do you mind telling our stackers about the car analogy? Cause I think this really fits. <laughs> yeah. I just say that we are the equivalent of a high performance machine. In fact, I think mother nature made the highest performing machine that there is. If your check engine light came on in your car as you were barreling down the highway, what do you do? Are you someone who pulls over, pops the hood and gets to work? Are you someone who says, oh, if, if the low fuel gauge uh, says goes to empty, do you think to yourself, oh, I've, I've got another 40 miles? Or are you someone who, when you see that check engine light come on, that you literally slap a piece of duct tape on it? Oh, I don't see that. Like, keep going. We do that with our bodies. Our bodies are these fine machines that develop, like they really rely on feedback loops in order to function optimally. So really, instead of independent organs, you've got systems, like the hormonal system, the immune system. But we don't think of it that way. It's like something's wrong with our skin. We go to the dermatologist. We, something, we're feeling a little short of breath. We go to the heart doctor. We kind of dissect it all and make it separate. And we've missed the interconnectedness of, let's say, uh, our relationships. So let's say I get in a fight with with my partner, and I then have a bad night's sleep. Well, maybe that goes on for one or two nights, and then suddenly I'm feeling under the weather and I catch a cold, but it's not like me to catch a cold. Having difficulty communicating, let's say, in our social world, then might lead us to not sleeping at night. Well, there's lots of things that go on in your body when you sleep. Most people think, oh, I'm going to shave off some time from sleeping so I can get more of my external to-do list done. But what they don't know is there's an internal to-do list going on when you sleep. And one of those things is repairing your immune system so it can fight infection. That's why two days later, when you got in that fight, didn't sleep for two nights, and suddenly picked up the cold that was going around the office, it's all connected together. And I'm not sure that we actually look at things as connected systems. And so the car analogy also, I say that you have an inner GPS and how crazy would it ever be to have a GPS that you're helping, you know, guide you in the world and ever like not pay attention to the, you are here now blue button, you know, that, or the dot yeah. on the, on there. Well, that's what the equivalent of people who don't listen to their emotions. So there's people who say, oh, I don't have time for that. Like, you've got to be kidding me. That's ridiculous. Or a lot of people who are raised, like, that's not a very manly thing to do. Like, don't show your emotions. Or it depends on what was said in the environment that you grew up in. But just think of emotions as the blue dot on that GPS. Mm. Is it important for you to know how you're relating to the experience of your life in this moment. That's all it is. It's nothing like, would you even be able to navigate to where you want to go if you didn't know where you are? So I kind of take your physical, mental, emotional, social, and spiritual energy. And I talk about how the physical part is like the car and how the mental part is like, the dashboard and the operating systems that run the car and how, you know, the emotional piece is in the GPS world, the blue dot on the map telling you where you are. And then we move into social. There's other cars on the road. You know, sometimes they crash into you. Sometimes they wave you on. Sometimes they pull over and help you. Sometimes they exit on a ramp and you don't even know why they left. 
then there's the spiritual piece, which is really kind of the integrated uh, bigger GPS network, which is telling you, where are you headed? What do you value? What do you, where do you want to go? What matters to you? Is it family? Is it work? Is it money? Is it success? What is it to you? And so I kind of break those all down and to try and demystify this global overwhelm that a lot of people are feeling. You know, I'm an engineer and my uncle and I used to work on cars when I was little and it, it just seems easy to me to think of it that way because that, that was tangible. Well, I'm from Detroit, so we're together on that one. Well, so, I grew up in Grand Blanc. So well, there, there it is. So yeah. this is why my dad works for General Motors, right? Yeah. So my dad so too. it just comes naturally. Let's dive into burnout and really get into these different areas, the physical, the emotional, the spiritual, and all those just a little bit, because I think this is so important because when you're talking about the signals, like the check engine light coming on, you say that we miss those and we miss those because in the old days we used to, we like as hunter gatherers, you go through this, how do we get to this place where we're missing all these signals that our quote car is giving us? Well, in the hunter gatherer world, like our ancestors, all they had to know whether danger was around was listening for a rustling in the trees. Their awareness of their senses and knowing about their surroundings and listening to what their body was saying to them was their technology. And now we have rings and watches and all these devices. We don't even have to check in to see if we're tired. We just need to look and see what our readiness score is on our technology and see if we had a good night's sleep. By the way, you wrote that, you wrote that. And I started laughing because every day (laughs) on my Garmin watch, I have, I have my body battery score and, (laughs) and Cheryl, my spouse and I are always comparing our body battery score. We're like, Oh, let's see how I can get. And I I never get it above 70, but it's Mm -hmm. so funny when you wrote that. Cause I'm, I do that. But to your point, it makes us less aware because I just look at my watch. That's right. And I think what's going to take people to the next level in their lives to be able to really respond rather than react in this fast paced world that that seems to be getting faster by the day. When things are changing this quickly, we can't just rely on the external world. We need to also use the data from this sophisticated machinery inside of us, because think about this. If you and I were with a bunch of friends having a conversation and you say something that upsets me. Okay. How do I know the first thing that might happen is my heart might start racing. My stomach might start turning. My throat might constrict. I don't know what the signal is. Each of us has a unique way that our body communicates with us, but it's in constant communication with you, giving you the earliest signal before anybody else knows that something went wrong. Your body knows And so do you want the earliest signals so that you have a chance, you have more time, more ability to change course? That's pretty valuable in a world moving faster and faster if you want to be able to adjust. And so it's becoming more and more critical for individuals, teams, you know, groups of people to be able to do this. You give us three stages of burnout, the, these, these yeah. signs that our, that our bodies are giving us. And I'd love it if you don't would mind walking us through. Let's start with that first stage that we get into. It's, it's like an alarm going off. Yeah. So let me give you the triad of burnout. So burnout sure, yeah. itself, let's demystify burnout. The way it's defined is three things. Exhaustion. So physical and often mental, emotional exhaustion. The second pillar of that is cynicism creeps in. So you're not just tired, but you start thinking things like, it doesn't really matter. What I do doesn't make a difference. It doesn't matter how hard I work. Nothing's going to change. So it's the cynicism that just starts creeping in. And everybody around me sucks too. Yeah. And everybody around me sucks. And you know what you start doing just to survive? You start distancing yourself from other people because it's too much energy to engage. Right. So you're not doing it because you're, you don't like them or you're mad at them, or it's really just, it's, it's literally survival. And then the third piece is ineffectiveness. And that was what I described to you, me that day in 2004, when I burned out. So it's exhaustion, but it's not just that, that would be everybody in healthcare and a lot of the world. It's when it goes, that cynicism and and depersonalization starts creeping in. And then you hit the wall of ineffectiveness. Now, the three phases, it's interesting because people say, oh, yeah, I was fine on Monday, but by Tuesday night, I was burnt out. 
That's not exactly how it happens. It happens in these three stages. And it these are patterns that occur over time. And what I want people to know is there's strategies we use at times in our lives because it's the best we know how to survive something. When I was doing 36-hour shifts in the hospital, I was so freaked out that if I wasn't alert, what if someone died? Like that would be just awful. So I developed this time-tested strategy that got me all the way through my residency, two ice-cold 16-ounce Mountain Dews plus a king-size Snickers bar, and you could get me to stay awake for 36 hours completely wired. When I look back, I realize I wasn't trying to hurt my body. I wasn't trying to undermine myself. I was actually trying to meet a goal, which was to get through residency and do a good job. So the strategies that we use to numb and override the signals coming from our bodies often are done for good reason. So, I'm laughing, by the way, because my first job in college or one of my first jobs was raising money for Michigan State. And at that time... We were, you know, I basically I was a telemarketer. I'm calling alumni and asking them for money. My addiction, people not watching us on YouTube don't know, I'm drinking a coffee right now as we talk. My addiction <laughs> to coffee, Dr. Neha, happened right then because I would have days when I'm not up and people on these phone calls, alumni could hear if I wasn't up and whatever. So I wasn't trying to hurt myself by getting addicted to coffee. I was trying to create better stuff in the moment. Same thing you were doing on these 36-hour shifts. I am so sorry to tell you that I might be one of those alumni that you were busy calling because <laughs> I got my engineering degree at Michigan State. Oh, a so. Sparty. I love you even more. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So these three phases, what, what happens is phase one is the alarm phase. And that's almost the experience of you jumping on a treadmill that's going too fast, slightly too fast. You know how it just puts that, it's a little bit of a shock. And then you catch your bearings, You your heart might start racing, you might break out in a little bit of a sweat, blood pressure up, all of it. Now, that can happen at any transition in our life, anytime we're taking on the next step, we're making a big change, whatever it is. But your body, your physiology, your biology, it can adjust to that. Most people, though, once that happens, they continue on that treadmill and it keeps turning up the volume, you know, up the speed, 0 0.1, 0 0.1, 0 0.1, and it just keeps escalating. Now, if you stay on that alarm phase and you stay on that faster pace, you move into the second phase, which is called adaptation, which is you are now trying to get your physiology to adapt to something that was startling to it. And now you've made it your way of life. Mm. And so if you're missing those breaks, you're missing the rejuvenation, the rest, and it's all about, you know, I'll sleep when I'm dead, right? That, well, when you move into that space, your biology thrives on routine and rest and then exertion. It likes that cycle piece, seasons, right? Nature, your body thrives that way. But what does society tell us is success? Grind. Pedal to the metal. Grind, yeah. Crank it out. Get over the finish line. And so we're at conflicting odds here with whether or not we belong to these ways that society has taught us that faster is better and we have to do more with less and you make profit over people and you do all these things. And so then we treat each other like machines that actually are not humans. And when we treat ourselves that way, we start to undermine our own ability to function well over a long period. It is wild that because we won't change, and this is what a great complex system we have to your point earlier, that uh, our body starts to try to change. It's like, okay, she's not going to do it. So now, now I got to do it. But that leads us then to the third phase, right? To this yes. meltdown nuclear. Well, it's, it's a lot of people live their entire life in chronic adaptation phase. And all it takes is one more thing. One more thing, and you're like, what happened to me? But it's not about the one more thing. It's about how before that, you've been in chronic adaptation, adapting, 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 and then your body's out of strategies. And so that day when I walked into the hospital, I had been fueling myself with sugar and caffeine. I had not been sleeping. I had been driving my own adrenaline, used up my own adrenaline and cortisol in my body. My body had used up every coffee stimulates that cortisol. But here's the thing. At some point, there's no more to stimulate. 
it's not sustainable. It's not sustainable. And so that's the exhaustion phase. And that's when you start sliding down the slippery slope of exhaustion to ineffectiveness. And so it's the alarm phase, the adaptation phase. And finally, something that tips you over and you go into the exhaustion phase, which has you become ineffective. You talked about the different types of the car, the systems, and you go in depth into each of these systems and really what the prescription is. But let's start to dive into that. Where does the prescription lie if we feel like we're, we're there in the middle or we're starting to spin out of control? How do we, how do we begin to get ourselves out of burnout? Well, first of all, now that you understand a little bit more about what burnout is, if you're in the exhaustion phase, I want you to make a call to your health professional and go straight there. If you are in the alarm phase or the adaptation phase, or let's say you're doing well, if you're doing well and you're saying no burnout here, well, then your job is to pay attention to those you love and lead. Now, if you are someone who's struggling, you, you're noticing the alarm phase, you're noticing the uh, adaptation phase, what I give you, it's like an emergency exit. I say, if you need to calm your own system, if you right now want to figure out how to do something I call a guided imagery, I explain to you why breathing is not just one of those things like take a deep breath or do some yoga, right? In fact, how your own body's physiology calms your heart rate down, slows your breathing. If, if you realize that you can use your own body, even in a tense meeting, even when you're in feeling road rage and traffic, even when you want to have that kind of command and control over being able to navigate your emotions so they don't control you. So there's literally exercises that I've put into the book um, of videos and things that I've just said, if you need to get grounded again, here are three different ways you can do it. Find one that really works for you. And I take people through videos and uh, tools. And, and then I also ask them to do a little survey. So some of the questions I'd be asking, like in your physical energy would be, on a scale of one to 10, how satisfied are you with your food? How well you nourish yourself regularly with whole foods throughout the day? Sleep. Do you wake up feeling rested? Energy. Do you have consistent energy throughout the day or do you have that three o'clock energy dip after lunch? Movement. Do you have a fun way to move in your body multiple times a week? And so it's not about what I think about them or that they should do three cardio twice a week with weight training and yoga. No, no, no. It's about how satisfied are you with your physical energy because you know you're in your body. You know better than I do how well that's going. And then the, the second one, when I talk about mental energy, I ask questions like, write down the three thoughts that are on repeat in the back of your mind. Like, you know, when you're up at night or driving down the highway or in the shower, what's going on on repeat in your mind? When you write those three thoughts down, I want you to pay attention to your body. Is it constricted, heavy, and tight, or is it open, relaxed, and at ease? Because then you can figure out whether these thoughts that you're having are giving you a net gain of energy or a net drain. Then I move to emotional, and I'm like, all right, tell me where in your life you're avoiding challenging emotions or conflict, and tell me where in your which area of your life, personal, professional, social, financial, other. Tell me where it's showing up that you're avoiding something. And where do you find great joy? Right? Where do you find joy in play? And then socially, what I ask people is, write down the top five people or groups of people that you spend the most time with. And when you're leaving that group or person, do you have a net gain of energy? Do you feel inspired, open, relaxed? Do you feel constricted, tight, and heavy. And then you look at those five and you can then tell me whether you have a net gain or a net drain of social energy. And then lastly is uh, spiritual energy. And what I mean by that is what matters to you? What are your highest values? What's most important in your life? Do you know what that is? Because that's how you make effective decisions. If you know that health, family, and money matter to you, it's really important for you to know in what order they matter. So if health is number one, 
Family is number two and money is number three, let's just say. If I have to make a decision about getting a procedure that will help my health, and if I'm willing to pay out of pocket for it, instantly I would say, yep, willing to pay. Because health is number one, family is number two, and money is number three. Would I do it for my kid? Would I do it for my dad? You bet. Because health and family are above money for me. Yeah. But for some people, it might be a different order, and that's okay too. It's about knowing what matters most to you, what you value, and in what order so that you can make really clear, effective decisions that align with who you are. I felt like as I was working through the project that it's turning back on those dashboards, going back to your car analogy and the fact that we have all the, like I got my body battery, but instead of just looking at my body battery, really looking at what affects that body battery and paying more attention internally, like we're so external all the time that this is, this is how am I responding to this? And one, one huge takeaway that I got was often avoidance is creating more burnout than just working through whatever the thing is, at least for me, uh, was something big. I got through it. Like I'm spending so much energy avoiding whatever this, this situation is that I don't like that. If I just got rid of it, things would be better. Okay. So now what you're talking about is our biology. So at the very base of our brain's function, Okay, I'm going to simplify it like beyond belief. If a neuroscientist or someone in science is hearing me, they're going to be like, I cannot believe you simplified it to that. (laughs) Here's what the brain's job is. To seek pleasure and avoid pain. In that space, if conflict in the past has ever brought you the loss of a relationship, betrayal, discomfort, unease in your family, lack of closeness, lack of belonging, you're going to avoid that like the plague. Unless... You have spent time learning how to communicate and you feel confident about that not being the outcome again. So there's something called a choice point that I talk about later in the book, which is in the social section. And what I say is many times a day we come to something, imagine an X in a circle, okay, a choice point. Which way are you going to go? Am I going to speak up and tell you what's bothering me or am I going to hold it in? And you you have two choices. You can take the short term high up. Imagine like I'm making a a hill, the short-term high, which by the way, is going to turn into the long-term low. It means I'm going to avoid any discomfort in this moment. Going to hold it in. I'm going to hold it in. I'm not going to say anything, but guess what I get after that? Every time I see you, I'm like, oh, every time I look in the mirror, I'm like, why didn't you say something to him? Why did you? And I start undermining my own ability to trust myself. Now go back to that same choice point. And instead, let's say you took the short-term dip of discomfort, meaning maybe your throat constricts, your stomach turns, you're sweating, but you say something like, hey, Joe, I didn't like the way things went last week. Can we just talk about that again for a moment? I just want to do a take two. And can I try it again? I think I wasn't very, you know, kind. And I don't think I really appreciated you the way I should have for all the effort you've put in. It's going to be uncomfortable for this short-term discomfort and dip that I would need to go to, but that's the only chance I have of the long-term high in our relationship. And so I think a lot of people don't understand that what they need to do if they want a different outcome is not get hijacked by their biology, but in fact, unhook from their biology, learn how to communicate. And then once they learn this, boy, you have an advantage in every single conversation in your life. It's fabulous. It just, I, I just think about my 55 years on this planet and how I wish I met you like uh, 45 <laughs> years earlier. The, well, book- that's the, goal. <laughs> the goal is to get this to children, to get this to the next generation. The goal is it is our job now to learn this and to make sure that the next generation doesn't have to learn this in a crisis when they're in their 50s or beyond. You know? Well, you have a you, you have a great uh, to that point a great discussion about pharmaceuticals and about how many of us will bury our quote burnout under a ton of pharmaceuticals and just the side effects that that causes. Yeah. Uh, for so, clearly, there's some people out there that need pharmaceutical help, sure. so I don't want to downplay that too much. But still, the, the number of people just bearing it. We had a guest on just a couple of weeks ago 
who just a friend said, Hey, uh, take this pill because you seem to be out of control. She was clearly burnt out and she, she had no idea what she was taking. She was just trying to suppress it. And to your point that goes nowhere. The book is called powered by me from burned out to fully charged at work and life. And it's available everywhere yesterday. Oh, yay. Thank you so much. I appreciate you sharing it with the world. Well, thank you so much for sharing your expertise here for a few minutes. And let's create people that are a little less burned out and a little more fulfilled. That's fantastic. Thank you so much. You're so welcome. Hi, I'm Derek. And when I'm not working on the hook for Joe's mom's next greatest rap album, I'm stacking Benjamins, baby. Big thanks to Dr. Neha for joining us. How about that, OG? I think you're burnout all the time. You're you're level two. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, I mean, not, no. I mean, sort of. I do get a lot of sleep. That I got going for me. <laughs> he just said all of the answers. Yes. But that is, I actually, it's funny. I thought about you when I was talking to her because I think that is finally listening to your body. At some point, you must have changed that. You have you haven't been doing the, the 26 hours of sleep a day routine forever. You must have changed things to make sure that you get out of that. Uh, I don't know when, but yeah, I mean, I do pay attention to sleep quite a bit. I mean, there was a study, completely not completely unrelated, but there was a study of that after one day of sleeping four hours, the amount of cancer-fighting you know, super cells in your body, basically like all of the, whatever they're called, the attack cells that make it so you don't have cancer go down by like 90%. So a huge predictor of cancer potentiality is how well you sleep and how often you sleep. I swear the main times I get sick are when I'm burning the candle at both ends. Absolutely. Right. I mean, that's when I get the cold, the, I think there's a reason when I go to conferences and I'm exhausted by the last day of the conference, I always come home with a cold. I mean that, and I'm shaking everybody's hand. Licking doorknobs. And you're getting on an airplane. You know. <laughs> licking doorknobs. <laughs> you don't do that? That's not a thing? I thought that was a thing. Actually, you know why almost all doorknobs are made out of brass? Because it is self, uh, it's like sterilizing. Cleaning? Yeah. Self sterilizing? Stuff doesn't grow on brass. Even the stuff that's like coated in chrome, but the core of it is is uh, brass for that reason. Like, Well, that's why I lick it, Doug. That's right. exactly why I that's lick it. That's the safest thing you could do at one of those conferences. <laughs> I think there's so many people operating, though, on too little sleep. To, it's, it's hard, OG, to make decisions. And I know that it, it's funny how, you know, I've, I've heard some smart people say that when you hear something once, it's, it might be somebody's shtick, but when you see the truth come out over and over and over from four or five different people and it's part of what they say is a, is success, you should really pay attention to those things. And it's amazing how much what Dr. Neha talked about aligns with what you and I learn at Strategic Coach, which is if we actually take off some time for ourselves, that the business is going to run better and you're going to make better decisions. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, you're the supercomputer. You know, we we don't run our computers nonstop without turning them off and resetting them and all that other sort of stuff, right? Everybody, everybody. I haven't turned my computer off in two months. Ah, well, and it's gonna. Yeah. I can't figure out why your internet sucks. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you got to feel yourself. You have to do all of those things, and if you don't take time away, then you're gonna end up in this weird, weird funk. I don't. I mean, she says it way better, but yeah, burnout just. Man, if we can realize this is a marathon, it's uh, you're going to do far, far better. Time for the community calendar. What's going on uh, this week, OG, with our Stacky Benjamins community? Well, I have absolutely no idea. So I would like to bring in my colleague, Doug. Why don't you tell us what's <laughs> happening on the community calendar, Doug? I think I might have thrown that the wrong way. Why did I think <laughs> OG? just flailing. Have you ever done this hosting thing before, Joe? Why does OG have any idea what's going on? Why did I think that? Well, that's a good question. I got no idea. <laughs> He's just here so he doesn't get fined. Uh, well, we got a bunch of stuff going on, uh, Joe. First of all, we should point out we've got some great participation going on in the basement Facebook group. One of my favorite posts recently was from Stacker Brian, who posted this screenshot of a uh, somebody asking, are you financially better off than your parents? Oh, from Reddit. <laughs> that was a Reddit thread. Reddit, it was from Reddit. It was just so appropriate for the basement. And the first responder said, that's a good question. Let me go upstairs and ask them. <laughs> just, Am I better off than you? 
By the way, the answer is the answer is <laughs> the answer is yes. I'm kicking Junior out of the basement, which is why we we always uh, don't tell Mom. We love to see that stuff. You know, the basement's awesome because you get the humor side and you get some serious questions in there. It's frankly, it's just like the podcast. I think you know we've done a great job of sort of cultivating that kind of culture about how to have fun with your money. The other thing that you'll see a lot in both the basement and coming up on Spotify are polls. Either our stackers will create a poll in the basement or Kevin, the amazing writer of the 201, he puts polls out in the basement. So look for those. But Spotify recently created this capability, right? This functionality that we can now do polls. And uh, I think our first one we've got going out soon, right, Joe? And it's- no, this one just finished up. It was uh, Sammy and Michelle, an episode a few weeks ago. They were the sisters who moved way out to the middle of nowhere for more money in nowhere, Nevada. Two and a half hours so- outside of maybe even three hours outside of Las Vegas was the closest big city. And now they're moving to South Carolina, they're moving to Charleston, South Carolina. So we asked, we, we asked this question. Could you move to a new city with only a single friend there, as Sammy and Michelle did? Imagine, oh, gee, could you move across the country to Charleston, South Carolina, if you didn't know anybody in, in Charleston? I moved to Dallas. I didn't know anybody in Dallas. Usually the government requires that he picks a city where they oh, doesn't know anybody. Oh, geez, like that's the specific reason I moved <laughs> that's someplace. The, that's the, that was, those were the stipulations. <laughs> I know somebody. No family. I know somebody. I'm out. I'm out there. What, what were the results of uh, the Spotify poll? Yeah, Joe, the results are kind of surprising. 79% of our responders said they could do that. They could go to a city super far away if they only knew one person. Maybe this is OG's fan club. <laughs> right. Maybe we attract more or it's OG. OG's family saying we'll move to wherever he is because that dude buys steaks. That's the one person. Yeah. And then, of course, 21% said they couldn't. But that kind of surprises me that almost 80% of our respondents said they could do that. They could go to some city across the country for one person. It's fantastic. I think that's that's great. Living life is an adventure. For people that missed that, that was uh, Sammy and Michelle. Uh, that was uh, Stacky Benjamin's 1401, if you want to go back and listen to uh, our interview with these two amazing sisters. By the way, Spotify coming out with a bunch of new functionality. So if if you're looking for a new home to listen to Stacking Benjamins, uh, Spotify, I found out at Podcast Movement Conference, only going to have more of this type of stuff. Uh, polls on nearly every episode. If we want them, we're trying to put polls on every episode or at least discussions on every episode there. We'll be able to also put in uh, other podcasts we recommend to our Spotify page. Going to be able to do a lot there. Spotify really investing some money. And I had to find a new home myself because I was at Stitcher. So uh, September 1st, actually turned on my Stitcher app accidentally. And it went, uh, yeah, we told you to move like 9,000 times. (laughs) Yes. Where do people go, Doug, uh, to find out more? Joe, if they want to find all the places we're having fun with stackers, go to stackingbenjamins.com slash welcome. And we just redesigned the welcome guide. Same stuff inside of there, but it's prettier now, Doug. The new and improved prettier. That matters. Yes. I have been told that first impressions matter. Here's what happened. OG came to me and he's like, this isn't pretty enough. I just need need something prettier. That's ironic. (laughs) It may be a little untruthful as well. All right, uh, that's going to do it for today. Thanks, everybody, for hanging out with us. We know your time is valuable, and uh, we're glad that you spent it with us. But we always finish the same way. Doug, what are, what are our takeaways today? Well, Joe, first, take some practical tips from Dr. Neha and address your burnout so you can be happier, healthier, and more productive. Second, cash? Sure, cash is king, but you should be worshiping those long-term goals, not some little dude with a Napoleon complex in a castle. But the big lesson, doing cool jumps on a riding lawnmower is tough, unless you involve the neighborhood kids. Wait, you think I'm going to jump over the neighborhood kids? No, 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 no. I'd never do that. As the adult in the room, I'm going to lay on the ground so they can jump over me. Jeez, I'm not an idiot. Thanks to Dr. Neha for joining us today. You can find out more about her on our show notes page at stackingbenjamins.com. This show is the property of SB Podcasts, LLC, copyright 2023, and is created by Joe Salcihai. Our producer is Karen Repine. This show was written by Lisa Curry, who's also the host of the Long Story Long Podcast, 
with help from me, Joe, and Doc G from the Earn and Invest podcast. Kevin Bailey helps us take a deeper dive into all the topics covered on each episode in our newsletter called The 201. You'll find the 411 on all things money at The 201. Just visit stackingbenjamins.com slash 201. Wonder how beautiful we all are? Of course, you'll never know if you don't check out our YouTube version of this show, engineered by Tina Eichenberg. Then you'll see once and for all that I'm the best thing going for this podcast. Once we bottle up all this goodness, we ship it to our engineer, the amazing Steve Stewart. Steve helps the rest of our team sound nearly as good as I do right now. Want to chat with friends about the show later? Mom's friend Gertrude and Kate Youngkin are our social media coordinators, and Gertrude is the room mother in our Facebook group called The Basement. Say hello when you see us posting online. To join all the basement fun with other stackers, type stackingbenjamins.com slash basement. Not only should you not take advice from these nerds, don't take advice from people you don't know. This show is for entertainment purposes only. Before making any financial decisions, speak with a real financial advisor. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug, and we'll see you next time back here at the Stacking Benjamin Show. couple of things on uh, Paramount Plus, if you haven't subscribed, you know, because you have to subscribe to 55 million different uh, <laughs> services now uh, in order to order to watch your shows. But Paramount Plus and Showtime seem to be merging, and it's also where Yellowstone is and all the stuff. So finished Yellowstone 20, or 1923, they're going to have a new series, or new season, I should say. So that's good, because it ended, like, pretty abruptly, and you're like, wait, is this the end? This doesn't set anything up for the future. What the heck? But uh, came upon this one I thought was uh, definitely right up my alley. You have no family. You have no friends. God, this is you. You were abused. (laughs) Wow, are they talking about you? Now you have a purpose and it is I'm doing everything different this time. She's your field agent. Do what you think's best. I have to be sure. If she's able to make contact with the target, what are her directives then? Neutralize the target. Mr. President, we have a situation unfolding in real time. Are you close? Closer than we've ever been. You up for playing outside the lines? Ready to do my job, ma'am. If your cover is blown, there is no saving you. You have to save yourself. Do it quiet, and you do it clean. Be careful poking that bear, or the target will be on you. Asset is embedded. Mission is launched. We can't stop it now. Homeland finds out, it'll end up in the news. Did you hit the target? I'm not trained for this. This is our mess. We clean it up. How do we shut this down? I need you to understand the risks. I understand the risk. That sounds phenomenal. Oh my God. That sounds fantastic. It's great. Co-produced by Taylor Sheridan, because everything on Paramount Plus is... Yeah, he, he owns he that is network. Head cook and bottle washer. But the writing is from the uh, writer of Sicario, which uh, yeah. I really liked mm-hmm. those two. That was one of Taylor Sheridan's movies was as he well. In, what, so. Did he write Sicario? Yeah. Oh, yeah. This is this is just like that. So uh, anyway, it's called The Lioness or Lioness. Basically, CIA operation. 
they embed a person to get close to the target. So instead of trying to go after the target, they go after the target's inner circle. Get close and then see how it how it unfolds. I can't go get another network. <laughs> it's I just it's great. It's worth the it's you get 30 days free trial or something, you can burn through nine episodes in uh I don't know if they'll do another series of this or season. I And you said it's Showtime and Paramount Plus together now? Yeah, just Is under that, Paramount Plus. So you can also get billions. Right. You can you can catch up on billions. Well, I, well what's the other one we just talked about a, a couple of weeks ago? Um, oh, gosh. Starts off with the car crash. The guy's son witnesses. Yes. Uh, Your Honor. Your Honor. Yeah. Thank you. That's on there too, right? Because that's Showtime. Uh, Season one is significantly better than season two. Well, there's another one on there that I saw on a plane that I have been resisting Paramount Plus because I don't want to... Tulsa King. I've started watching all the Tulsa Kings. No, the one I like, what's the... I got Sopranos on the brain and I can't get rid of it. The the great movies from the 70s with the horse head. Godfather. The Godfather. The, The one about the making of The Godfather... The behind oh, the yeah. scenes that yeah that, I've got that on my th- list th- that one with Miles Teller mm-hmm. was amazing I watched four episodes of that on airplanes and then I'm like oh okay I want to watch the rest of that oh it's on Paramount Plus yeah get your free thirty days and just binge watch the hell out of Paramount Plus <laughs> well stackers the show might be over but the celebrations are just beginning because it is Military Appreciation Month that I want to celebrate people like my brother in law Eric who is such a giving person. Eric will do just anything for you. And as a Marine, you can see that his time in the military taught him to be a guy who gives to his community, gives to his family, and is always there when you need them. This Military Appreciation Month, Navy Federal Credit Union wants to celebrate members like Eric who go above and beyond. Navy Federal offers member-only exclusive rates, discounts, and tools to empower their members and help them reach their goals. Navy Federal's employees are part of the community they serve. Many of them are military family members, reservists, or veterans. And all branches of the military, veterans, DOD employees, and their families are eligible for Navy Federal membership. In fact, there are so many resources on the Navy Federal website, resources like Best Cities After Service to help veterans transition to civilian life, and Best Careers for Military Spouses to support military families. Visit NavyFederal.org slash celebrate, and you'll see all of their Military Appreciation Month offers and other Navy Federal offers. Navy Federal is insured by NCUA, Equal Housing Lender.